Welcome to the Financial Coconut Podcast Network, the leading personal finance podcast network in Singapore. I'm your host, Reggie, aka your chief financial coconut. Every Wednesday, you will be updated on the latest market happenings with TFC Market Updates. Hosted by Rakesh and Anthony with some friends crashing from time to time. If you want to get this show and other investment-focused content on a separate curated feed, I will strongly recommend you follow our investing podcast, TFC Investors Network. All you need to do is search on your favorite podcast platform, TFC Investors Network, and be all geeky about investing only. Hello, coconuts. Welcome to another weekly episode where we scour the net to find worthy financial news for you. This week on TFC, we decided to stay a little local. So first, we're going to talk about Olam plans listing for Olam Agri. Right? We've been talking about this. Rather, Olam has been talking about this for a few years. Let's see what they have in store for us. They did come up with some news today. Property Guru had their earnings as well. Is this a potential for them? Are they actually looking at a good market in the next six months? And last but not least, Samsung earning guidance. Right, They have some early guidance before their actual earnings call. We discussed that all in this episode. Thank you so much. Hope you're having a good 2023. Let's get to it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Coconuts. Welcome to another episode of Weekly Market Updates with me, Rakesh. And Anthony, welcome to a new week, right? Hey. Second week of the year, I'm back to work. Finally. Is, yes, finally people are back to work. Hopefully you guys are too. We started to see the trains a lot more busy, makan places a lot more busy. <laughs> Is it terrible? I, I have to start going back to office already. It's terrible. Oh, yeah, what is this? Um, Actually, on, on that note, did you see the uh, Disney CEO, uh, Bob Iger, actually say oh, yeah, you have to he, return back to the office? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he's old, right? What do you expect? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, when I read that, work. I was like, that's basically like a Singapore CEO saying the same thing. <laughs> Everyone uh, go back to office. Hey, no, sorry, sorry. It's our Singapore CEO, like him, saying the same thing, okay? Yeah. <laughs> hey. Wow, wow, wow. You see, yeah. if Disney allow that, you also must do. Mm. Correct, correct. Like SPH inflate their figures, we also must do. Come, everybody come and download our um, podcast a bit more. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, use your phone, your Akong's phone, your Amma's phone, your mother's phone. Hey. Everybody come and listen to one podcast. Yes. Then get proper unique listens also. <laughs> yes, that's why. <laughs> awesome. Uh, coconuts hope you're back at work listening to us either on the train or on commute at least that's when we realize most people listen to us so thank you again for uh giving us your your valuable time for this week we have three stories we decided to go a bit more local huh? anthony this week <laughs> yeah very local <laughs> well, yeah the red is very asian yeah yeah that's true so we're gonna kick things off with olam planning listing for olam agri we're going to kick things off with Property Guru that has its earnings. And last but not least, we're going to talk a little bit about Samsung's early earning guidance. Yeah. All right. 
Anthony, kick things off with Olam. All right, Olam, right. Um, well, I would like to say a company close to my heart, but not really. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's one of those. <laughs> it's like, I keep getting Olam and Vuma mixed up, right? Like, they are both like agricultural you know, commodity mm. traders to me. And I just always get confused between the two of them. Um, but yeah, Olam, it's been quite a long-running saga, actually. I think they announced a restructuring in 2020 um, to, to kind mm. of like split their business. I mean, they, they were saying, oh yeah, we're we are trading a discount to our true value, you know. We need to realize some value and, and unlock it for shareholders, this sort of thing. So we're going to do a whole restructuring. Um, it's two years mm. later. Uh, sorry, three years later. We're in 2023 now and, yeah. and we are kind of at like stage two of the restructuring. Uh, and there's like two more stages to go. Um, so essentially, they, they were supposed to split into uh, Olam Agri, um, Olam Food Industries, and you know Legacy Olam, which is like random stuff left over, right? And <laughs> yeah, like like literally, um, it's it's like their their ventures business, their technology right. business, um, whatever it is. Essentially, if you look at the annual report, it's loss making, right? That's the only part right. of the business loss making. <laughs> um, yeah. So so they they announced their latest step in the restructuring today okay. uh, literally today 10 January which was to say that oh Olam Agri is going to list in the Singapore and Saudi Arabia um, which is kind of random <laughs> and it will be oh, the, the first you know company listed in, in these two countries specifically and I think it's also mm. the first non-Gulf incorporated business that will list in Saudi Arabia huh yeah. what, why did, we, did they say anything reason why they listed in Saudi I mean, I think it's, they, they didn't expressly say it, but it's just because as part of this, this whole process last year, Olam actually mm. sold, I think, 35% of, of Olam Agri to one of the Saudi Arabian funds. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. so, so it was something sense. that closed three weeks back, actually. There was a question <laughs> that closed three weeks back. Right. And three weeks later, they said, oh, I'm going to IPO. <laughs> okay. <sighs> this guy's okay, so that would be, makes a bit, bit more sense, lah. Yeah, why why SG and Saudi, right? Yeah, I mean it. SG kind of makes sense. Saudi, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's that's Olam Agri. What what's happening with the other couple of things? Yeah, so Olam Food Industries was also meant to list. Um, it was meant to list in twenty twenty two, in London, right. right? So so they said they're going to list in London and Singapore, um, about at about mm. two billion two billion pounds, so about two point eight SGD. And be red mm. SGD, but then you know the, the market went crazy. Um, the the Russian invasion started, which is obviously bad for food, and and we, with Russia and Ukraine being like you know huge wheat producing com- countries, so they just mm. kind of paused that IPO for a bit, and hopefully they are waiting for and and what they are saying is you know we, we still want to do it. We are just waiting for better market conditions, so we wait. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, clearly no urgency there, but all right. So yeah, <laughs> when I they mean, say they want to unlock I, unlock potential value for investors, it, and stuff like it's this. it's not too bad. Like if you if you bought like I think in January twenty twenty when they when they first announced it, it would have been mm. one one dollar seventy cents or something like that. Um, you would have got like five cent. You got five percent dividends every year. Um, and then right. now it's at one dollar sixty something. So you wouldn't really have lost money, right? Mm. On a total return basis over three years, you know, um, mm. compared to a lot of other stocks. Slow and steady, you know? Yeah. 
and yeah. and the, I think the hope is that once all these individual businesses get spun out, they get valued kind of on on their own. You know, maybe food security really becomes a thing, and that there's more demand for wheat and all that for stockpiling, and and that boosts their profits. Then, tada! Right, you you have made a lot more money as an existing Olam shareholder because the plan is that you'll get stocks in all these companies when they spin off and when they when they live separately. Mm. Yeah. Well, at least that's the plan. But have they have they talked about those sort of schedules and all that or uh no, I mean they, they don't they don't commit mm. to anything, which is fair. Like it, it would have been kind of stupid to say, oh I commit to like a third quarter twenty twenty two listing and then and then Ukraine gets invaded and you go, this. oh shit, I still want to list, right? That that yeah. just doesn't work. So so it's fair. Um they they have shareholder approval to proceed. They'll just go ahead as management, you know, sees fit, which might not might not be a bad thing. I don't know. Mm. Fair. So then, what's the what's the play here, right? With with Olam. For um, our, I think for there's listening. there's quite a few. The the first is you know, and and this goes way 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 back to twenty twenty two, and when we first start started talking about Ukraine and and Russia, that food security and commodities. And food commodities really might become a thing, right? And mm. the, the the reality of that is that hey, we have a relatively huge global player right in our market. That that's one. Um, two is in terms of valuation, it's not super demanding at this stage, right? So I think the the market cap um of Olam Group, the the current list co is what six point five billion Singapore dollars, decent, mm. you know um. Even if we take Olam Agri, right, at its what four point five billion dollar valuation a month back, although they should list for higher, then mm. you know that and and Olam Agri is like seventy five percent of profit. So hey, you know you you can easy, quite easily get up to like a seven eight billion dollar company without much effort, right? And right. and you know just just based on some sort of you know weird some of the parts um type valuation, or if you're or if not, you just buy Olam shares now. You wait for Olam Agri to come up, and then you sell Olam shares and just hold Olam Agri, right? Um, so, so that there's, I think, many, many different ways of, like, I think the 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 in theory, the the unlocking of shareholder value is correct because each part gets valued on its own, and you get to own each individual part rather than the conglomerate. So you lose that conglomerate con conglomerate discount. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and if you get paid five percent a year as dividends to while they wait, that's also not too bad. You know? So so may, maybe it's it's one of those things where you you kind of wait for drops. I mean, don't buy on days like today when they announce it. You you know the market will tank mm-hmm. and then you buy it at like one dollar forty, one dollar fifty, and then you know it, it will slowly mm-hmm. rise again as as these things progress, and and then you can decide what to do. Right. So so it's not one of those very exciting like snowflake, you know, ten percent up, ten percent down a day. Yeah. <laughs> right. It, it's one of those slow and steady. You, you know there will be a catalyst coming up. So hey, you know. Might be a decent, you know, medium term hold. Yeah. And you get paid yeah, to do perfect. so. So you know Yeah, it, and it's a decent dividend as well. Yeah. Five percent is great. I mean exactly. better than T bills. Um there's risk of course, but better than T bills mm. and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think you know, with the current volatility in the market and all this, and we've been talking about this over the last couple of weeks, right? This could be a good angle for for coconuts who are looking to put a little bit of money locally, right? Um and, and slow and steady sort of wins the race. We've been talking about that. This could be another angle for you, coconut. So yeah, do do your research, have a look, um, and and hopefully you can you can make some buck as well. 
yeah, or you know, just tell us what you think. Like, if you think Olam is silly and stupid, you know, just tell us and tell us why. Yeah. I think that'd be good. Yeah, so we we also will know, lah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Don't, don't just keep it to yourself. Good things must share. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Um, so speaking of you know, slow and steady wins the race. We've now moved on to our next topic, which is property guru. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. <laughs> this one not so much slow and steady, lah. That's why I just thought, hey, this one look at the revenue growth, man. That's <laughs> yes. So I mean, for for coconuts out there, we did bring up Property Guru. What is it? Last year. Yeah. Um, we, whenever we, they went, we, we went public. When they went public, March last exactly. year. Exactly. God. March last year. There we go. Right. Um, and but they went. They went public via spec. Got listed at ten dollars. I think it briefly went up to twelve fifty, and currently it's sitting happily at around a four eighty range or five dollar range, and so on. All right. So they just yeah, they just had um their earnings call. Then they said that they have made a five point three million net loss. Right. They're effectively not making money. Uh, in the quarter or a year? I believe it to be the quarter. Ah, okay. For the quarter ended, uh, yeah, September thirtieth. Yep, correct. Um, sorry, five point three million USD, right? So Singapore dollars yep. is seven point four million. Just to okay. put it into perspective, there, uh, for the quarter. That said, um, they mentioned that their third quarter revenue actually increased by forty seven percent. Okay. All right. What does this mean? So this year they put it as a seven point four million dollar loss. Last year they actually had a nine point six million dollar loss. So really they've improved oh, by like a million dollars. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's roughly what they were trying like, to say. With a forty seven percent increase in 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 revenue, you know. <laughs> yeah, after all, we just kind of forget how small these things are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ah, uh, it is. It is quite small, but I thought it was it was interesting just to bring up, mainly because we have been talking a lot about you know the, the macroeconomic trends and so on and so forth. And property guru coconuts for for you out there, I believe the way that they make revenues through ads on their platform, right? That's their main source of revenue. Um, so has there been you know much selling? Has there been much listing that needed to be done? That's that's effectively how they make their money. So they were looking at the different markets and they were saying, you know, Hong Kong, uh, Singapore isn't doing too well. Uh, Hong Kong apparently was meh. Malaysia <laughs> saw some good activity according to them. They blamed Singapore in the sense of rising taxes and stamp duties. Huh? I, I don't know why, right? So I don't actually believe what they're saying. I think, and, and you know, judging from what Reggie was saying today about the, the Malaysian market. So I don't know much about the Malaysian mm -hmm. uh, property market, but he was saying that there was an oversupply. Right, yeah. and you guys go ahead and 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 do your research on that front. But if that is the case, would someone trying to sell their house actually put ads? I would say actually yes, that could be a good possibility, because you're trying to beat the other person trying to sell. Yeah. So is that the market that we need property guru to be in in order to make money? Right. Those would be yeah. those are certain questions that I am having, as opposed yeah. to a demand demand led one. 
yeah, I mean, you know, it's not that. I mean, to, to me, a hot property market really isn't good for a property guru, right? Because what mm. what they actually want is, you know, and and I mean, the the ads come from agents, right? So what they actually want is people who need to sell their houses and and agents who can bear with the long sales cycles, and so they keep you know refreshing their ads to to push it up to like page one, that sort of thing. Right, so if, if like imagine you list a house that that afternoon it gets sold or you get five offers that day, probably guru doesn't make much from that, right? But mm. compared to you list a house and you don't have to keep listing for five months and and nobody ever, you know, buys it because transaction volumes are down, <laughs> people are scared, um, seller seller has unrealistic asking, buyer has unrealistic, you know, buyer thinks there's a crash coming, don't want to buy. So you know, I, I think we we might actually. Know, and the Singapore property market is a bit odd and it's still quite hot, but you see transaction volumes falling, right? So you know, mm. it, we might actually be moving to kind of a place where it is semi-beneficial for property guru just because sales cycles lengthen and that just means that people need to spend more on ads compared to the last time you, you, you list, you, even you list downstairs in your HTTP blog, people come and buy, right? You don't even list <laughs> online. So <laughs> terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible situation to be in. Um, so so no, I think that that's kind of where it is. Like and and this slowing mm-hmm. macro is kind of in in all their markets, right? Vietnam, Malaysia, you know, everybody in Southeast Asia is going to feel that downturn a bit, and you know, yeah. lengthen that sales cycle a bit. So hey, that that might actually lead to better revenue and better revenue growth for Property Guru. Maybe yeah. maybe hey. that's a. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's why I thought I'd bring that up today. Like, is that even an opportunity in the next six months to a year? Right, given what's been yeah. what's happening in the market, people are saying, you know, hey, can I afford this sort of interest rate? So I need to downscale. Blah blah blah. Um, those that have over leveraged as well in other countries, or it could even be in Singapore, right? Yep. We'd see how that would work um, in the next quarter or so. But this could be something to keep an eye on. Hmm, uh, again, sales is seven point five. That's not too high. Mm. Yeah. And they're at like lowest ever. Like. Okay, not yeah. not lowest ever, but almost almost like all time low. Exactly, exactly. They are at the all time low. Although the indicative price of ten dollars or whatever it is is probably not right. You probably might be looking at what, what it stagged. Uh, I think it stagnated at eight dollars, if I'm not mistaken. No, I think it started trading um like once it despacked at eight dollars, then it crashed all the way to six, seven, six. then it rallied a bit, then it crashed like four, and it's been about four dollars plus ever since. Since then, yeah. Exactly. So it's about there, right? Can it go what lower? Man? I honestly don't know. Low can go lower. <laughs> but I do see a little bit of an upside. But I think one thing that they have to, or one thing that we should take into consideration is that I think they're very much a price-taking one. That means it would depend on the market conditions, oversupply, uh, longer sales cycle on selling houses. Those things would drive um, the, you know, their revenue forward. Yep. And I guess a kind of related question is, you know, I think most countries have two or three big property listing portals, right? It's also mm. like in Singapore, at least you have probably Guru and 99Co, um, if not more, um, or, or random stuff like Oh My Home and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, so, you know, is it really defensible? Do they have a strong mode or all that kind of stuff? It's, it's still up for debate, right? And, and I think, you are not, I mean, at 7.5 price of sales and, and, and at, you know, still a loss-making company. Somehow, I mean, they've been offering for about 20 years. Why can't they turn a profit? I don't get it. They're not a new company, you know? They, they have been around, been around for, for a very years, long time. Right? They, they are not a, a five-year-old or 10-year-old startup. They, they have just 
you know, been going at this again and again and just can't um, seem to make money. So mm. what what's going on here, right? Will they ever turn a profit? Um, and you know, what what what's the end game? I think that that's the question. Domination of these markets, you know. I mean, they're, they're kind of dominating now. Well, why can't they? Why, why can't they make money? Right? What, what's going on? Exactly. I think that that's what is worrying um, for for me about this. Yeah, that's fair. And is there a need for them to to look at other markets as well? I guess that would be another another play, right? If they can't actually figure out what's going on in these markets and how they can turn a profit. Yeah, I guess that's but what, what then again, where, where else can you go? Right? You you can't. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you are in pretty much all of Southeast Asia. You are not going to go to India or you know Bangladesh to to pick up. The <laughs> there so you know it, it's it's going to be a struggle i think yes um i think what well, they could be looking at australia if i'm not mistaken they have thought about that i think it was a press release mm. uh where they sort of merged with or not merged but like sort of had a collaboration with uh an australian real estate group yeah so i guess in those manners they could even try to expand yeah uh, into these bigger transaction markets, uh, yeah. you know, with with a lot more buying power. Yeah, or or I guess they, they if they really have the tech, they could license it out to, to somewhere um to you know, to somebody else mm. who wants to compete in that market, right? So so don't even need to make the investment cost there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it all boils down to product, right? Um, product. I mean, obviously it's a useful service, but you know, it, it's really, you know, do they really have an edge in product? Can they really make money you know, off their current business model? I think these are all still very challenging questions. And mm. for such an old company, which has been around for so long, <laughs> um, it's a bit worrying that they haven't quite figured that out. I mean, Uber has figured it out, right? Uber has positive margins now. <laughs> mm. um, Grab hopefully figures it out one day. Shopee hopefully figures it out one day. But you know, <laughs> they, they have seen other people do it. So there's a template there. What what's up with you know, this? Yeah, uh, those are those are pertinent questions. Let's see how how that plays out. I mean, we don't know how the management works, right? So, <laughs> yeah, we let's don't know. see. We'll yeah. see. Yeah, even for US as a company, their disclosures aren't like you know the typical US three hundred page um, type earnings reports. I think it's mm. probably one of those because like small or micro cap that nobody really covers, um, even though they are quite big in in our um, area in our sphere. Yeah. yeah. Globally, they're not. They're still tiny, right? Yep. You just talked about Olam and then now we're talking. <laughs> hey, Olam big, okay. I mean, it's like 10 times bigger than Property Guru. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And now we're about to talk about about something that is 100 times bigger than Olam. So, I mean... Yeah, I, I, I don't know what Samsung market cap. Let me go ahead and Google now. <laughs> Olam, what they give me in one? <laughs> Four or five trillion Samsung Electronics alone. Okay, sorry, that that's three hundred and twenty-five oh, billion one. USD. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <sighs> All right, uh, Anthony, yes. for our last story, tell us a little bit about why we should worry about Samsung. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you should worry. I mean, if you were a shareholder last week, 
um your your worry is gone, right? They 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 announced um earnings pre earnings guidance and it was bad. Like, you know, they they were mm. saying, Oh yeah, we, we expect this quarter profits to fall sixty nine percent. Um wow. you know, our revenue year on year is down eight point six percent. No, so so last year was a good year, obviously. Um, but you know, operating profit is down, revenue is down, and operating profit is down so much more than revenue, right? So so it's not just a mm. you know failure of sales; it's also kind of a cost control or a capex or investment you know type of issue. So so yeah, I think that's the big headline. And of course, they go, oh yeah, you know why is it so bad? Macro, right? Um, yeah, every, every, <laughs> everybody's go to bro. <laughs> I've mean, kind of talked about this before with with Nvidia and AMD, where they they were kind of oh yeah, we have too much. Um, Know, chip inventory, we, we need to clear that mm. at a discount, and that has kind of meant that you know, and, and I mean, for Samsung, they're in a slightly different market, they do more memory chips than anything. But but that has just, uh, we, I think, I don't know if that actually made it an episode, but we, we talked about that with Reggie before as well. And it's, oh, yeah, this is commoditized, you know, China's taking over the world in, in this respect with mm. Yangtze memory and, and all of that. So, you know, why, why even bother? Right, like, like it's just not going to be great, and I think that that has kind of been borne out by uh, this. I think NAND chips and NAND chips and and all that. The, their unit prices have just gone down, like second half last year. So, so it all mm. kind of makes sense. Oh, but but they're still profitable, right? Samsung is not lost. Samsung Electronics is not not lost making. They they are still expecting what three point four billion in profit. So only a price to earnings, you know, at a of 25 um, if you analyze that at the run rate so uh, not, not too bad not too bad what was their expected uh, 4.7 so they missed it by 40% 1.3 billion mm, wow wow <laughs> still big still big yeah exactly okay so at least they're still putting this is by the way is this Samsung Group or Samsung Electronics oh it's Samsung Electronics only so it's chips um, phones TVs yeah that, that's the mm. big tree Got it. And uh, I mean, we'll, we'll obviously find out more about how the, the cost increase during the earnings call. Um, what do you think it is besides, you know, logistics? Is, do you think it's uh, raw materials or anything like that? No, I think it's it's mainly capex. So so they have actually come on and said, like, and, and they, they compare it to us, right? When should we invest? We should invest when everybody else is not investing. <laughs> you know, So mm. Micron, we, we, I think we talked about a few weeks back, they were cutting forces, they were decreasing capex. Um, SK Hynix were decreasing. Um, you know, capex as well, and then cutting jobs. So Samsung went, haha, guess what? I have money, right? I'm a huge conglomerate. I've diversified business lines. Let me build more capacity, <laughs> right? Bye. So so I build more foundries. Um, partially to do memory, partially to do like three and five and chips, and hope to compete with TSMC. So uh, I think that is their strategy. Um, we we have we have cash. We have a strong balance sheet. You know. We can do this. We'll we'll push through the the downturn and this glut, you know, and and in doing so, we are kind of exacerbating the glut because I think they added ten percent in memory capacity over the past quarter, right? So, so it's, they really can't sell, um, and then they added ten percent of capacity. Confirm cannot sell. Um. So so it's I think that that's kind of an an issue, but maybe you know a year or two down the line when we push past this and, and we are into the up cycle when, in, when current inventories are depleted you go hey suddenly you know, Samsung in the membership space has gained another 10% market share 
got five percent market share, right? Be- because they were there for people when when they didn't when they when they were accessed, they were cheap, you know, they they could mm. build it up quickly and they can supply quickly because they have so much capacity now, right? And you know, if that is a world that you know all the Chinese memory chip manufacturers are sanctioned, because that that might be a case, you know, Yangtze memory is already on some sanctions list somewhere already. Then all these people, all the current buyers from China has to go somewhere, right? Yeah. Like that, that, that's a problem with a de-globalized world. You have two different supply chains and hey, you know, Samsung could be the one dominating the, the one outside China more than it already is. I mean, they are already the market leader. They could just be market leader times two or that's 1.5. Yeah, yeah. And they could see that sort of um, gap, right? Or an arbitrage. Yeah. So invest now so that when we have sort of cyclical issues, we will be the first ones to act. Yes, and you know when when, pe- when the market when the cycle turns when people really need chips, guess who can make mm. them? Whereas all of Quickly. you have to hire back your people, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and onboard them again <laughs> and, and all that kind of stuff, or, or you have to start building factories again. So, I, I kind of see it as the right move, um, but mm. obviously it's not great in in the short term, right? And, and there's no guarantee of the longer term. Exactly. Yeah, and, and of course, their, their phones and TVs not doing well because recession, right? Or, and also because you probably changed your phone or TV last year or the year before yeah. during COVID. So yeah. why would you buy a new TV now? Doesn't make sense. And, and know, COVID um, would have been the time where all of this would have been changed, right? It's, hey, I got to yeah. spare money. Let's buy a new TV. I'm watching it every day, right? Yeah. So <laughs> Exactly, right? Demand pull forward. Um, now no more demand um, and we are hitting a recession everybody save money or mm. we don't want to buy Samsung too expensive we buy like TCL or some random brand uh, I bought a Sharp um, which is surprisingly nice. cheaper than a Samsung so right. yeah Japanese made and it's cheaper than Samsung I, I don't get it um, but and it, and not as sleek like, Samsung prettier <laughs> you know but yeah I think that's that that I think is kind of the headwind for, for Samsung right now right besides mm. chips there are other big business lines, smartphones, TVs, they are very consumer focused. And if the global consumer is tightening their belt because everybody's scared of recession, then it's not going to be no pretty la, in terms yeah. of sales. Wow, such a sad, sad, sad episode today, Anthony. <laughs> um, what good news All is about there? recession. <laughs> no, but I mean, this is, I mean, if, if I was retiring, yes, I would agree, it's super sad. But this to me is like a super exciting time, right? Because mm. I think if you can, and even if you don't want to pick companies, in which case, I don't know why you're listening, but if you do want to, you know, <laughs> just buy index. But this, this is kind of a time, I mean, it's great, right? You, you can, if you want income, just buy bonds, you know, it's four, five, six percent returns for very minimal risk, um, depending on what type of bonds you want to buy. So hey, you get you finally you get real returns on your money, right? If not, I think I have friends who just like park hundred k at um UOB, right? UOB BBS multiplier account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you <laughs> now higher. So like that's spend five hundred on on a credit card, salary crediting. Then they got like a few hundred dollars in interest. Like, hey, great, what you know? Um, why not? So if you have cash, you can always do that. Or you can buy shares and you know hope that two, three, five, ten years down the line, you, you made the correct choices and that's exponentially more, right? Mm, so, yeah. you know, like I, I think investing in 2020 and 2021 was fun and easy because numbers just go up, right? I buy yes. today, tomorrow go up 10%. <laughs> I feel very sure. But, you know, unless you sold, 
which I don't think a lot of people did because every day go up, why, why would you sell, right? It go mm. up 10%, I sell. It go up another 30%, I feel sad because I did. I, I really sold, I cannot buy back. You know? <laughs> so so th- this is a, a good time if you are long-term, if you don't need the money now to mm. buy, right? I, I think that the fear is really, I lose my job. I even asked my boss, yeah. ask me, am I going to lose my job? If I go, if I go lose my job, tell me, you know, I go find a new job now. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. the nerve. Nice, nice. Yeah, I mean, I can find a job, right? But you need to tell me, you cannot just suddenly fire me. Like, you know, be fair. Yeah, I mean, in all fairness, we are we are definitely looking over our shoulders, right? With regards to this job thing. So I personally as well, right? Because look at all the tech industry that we've been hearing, Anthony. Was it ByteDance, yeah. Salesforce? Oh, Shaga. Yeah, so I mean, I think I think on your tech side is shag. On my transactional side is also quite shag. Like I think this is the first last year it was probably the first year where I had Christmas mm. like quite free. Like there was still work, but I think it's the first time in since I twenty fourteen. Oh. Since twenty fourteen when I started in in a law firm that you know I, I was actually oh free during Christmas and my wife was like hey do you get fired why are you working every every year Christmas you're damn busy because. <laughs> People need to sign by Christmas or sign by New Year, you know, that, that kind of yeah, yeah. random stuff. Because they want to close out the year high. Ma. So mm. last year I was like, oh, you know, no transaction volumes. My bosses are worried. I'm like, oh yeah, stay at home live back. Yeah, should I clear leave? Maybe I don't clear leave. <laughs> I work from home anyway, right? <laughs> so what's the point of clearing leave and staying at home? Yeah, so but mm. I think if this continues for another six months, people will really start worrying um about at, at least on, on my side about where deal flow comes from. Because right. we, we can't just keep, you know, doing this random stuff forever. Yeah. All right. And on that dreaded bombshell. <laughs> ah, it's fine. We have Thank you. Thank and you so invest. much. You have emergency funds. <laughs> You'll be good. Fair, fair. All right. Thanks, Coconuts, for listening in. Uh, we hope to give you a bit more news next week as well. Let's see how we do. Maybe more good and news, TSMC. Yes, yes. Maybe more good news as they come out, what, Thursday, right? So in a couple of days, yeah, it'll pop up. Maybe we can talk about TSMC. Why not? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> you can talk about it. I'll, I'll find like um, Fraser's Logistics or something to talk about. Okay. <laughs> nice, nice. DBS, DBS. Yeah, DBS. All right. Thanks, Okanans. We'll see you soon. All Bye. Right, see you. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode with me, Rakesh and trust that you learned something today. If you enjoyed the session and want to be part of the banter, join our community Telegram group or follow us on social media. We also have a weekly newsletter to get a digest of the news we covered. To sign up, please click the description below. As always, we love your feedback, so share that with us at hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. Thanks, and stay safe.